You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. Okay, King of the Fourth Quarter pod listeners, thank you for your uh, patience with us. We're both busy with work, so we're not always on the pod, but we're here today. Uh, 2-2 series tie. Big game coming up tonight, obviously, that could flip the script of the series, which has been a little bit of not a very entertaining series, if we're going to be honest about what we've been watching as far as the basketball product. But for Celtics fans, here we go. Um, So we're definitely going to dive into a lot of material today in regards to the Celtics and the Heat, uh, touch on what we think needs to happen to make it to the NBA Finals and eventually win it. But there's been a lot going on in the world today, Jim, and I I think it, um, it, it it's inappropriate to just ignore the fact that uh, these tragedies continue to happen. And we just saw a lot of children innocently lose their lives uh, yesterday. And about a week prior to that, um, you know, people targeted for the color of their skin uh, going to a supermarket and, and, and murdered for for no reason at all. Um, and I, uh, I know this is a sports podcast and we're going to talk sports, but um, this is uh, American society and it, it, it impacts all of us. Yeah, well, when we started this podcast, I made a rule that I didn't want to intercede with um, things going on in the real world, that they would stick to basketball, mostly because it was a good distraction for me and you during the pandemic Yeah, to discuss something else, something we love, um, which is the Celtics and, and the sport of basketball. Um, but the events over the last couple of weeks um, – I, I feel like I, I have a bit of a soapbox. We have a bit of a soapbox, and I'm, I'm going to use it. Yesterday, 19 children, is it one or two adults, gunned down in an elementary school in Texas. A couple of weeks before that, African-Americans targeted in Buffalo, I think it was 10, that were killed, and many others injured. We have become so perverse with this gun culture that we excuse murders. We excuse massacres, slaughters in schools, slaughters in elementary schools, the absolute innocence for some fraud upon the American people on what gun rights really are. And to be clear, I've worked in politics basically my whole adult life. I have never been around a politician who says they want to go door to door and take your fucking gun. That has never been stated in the 20 years I've worked in politics or government. To be clear, that is made up bullshit meant to scare you. The Second Amendment was put in place to arm state militias because the federal government at the time at the Constitutional Convention didn't want a large federal army. After the Civil War, that all changed. We have a Navy, a Marines, an Army, an Air Force, and we have National Guards. And the Space Force. It was not intended for you to buy any weapon that you wanted of any type of destruction. It was not intended for an 18 year old on his birthday 
can walk into any gun store in Texas and buy any weapon he wants without any training or any permit or any license necessary. Now, I'm not ignoring that there's not other factors, that there aren't at-home factors, that there aren't in-school factors that contribute to someone going down a downward spiral. But the access to weapons like this are too easily available. And too many politicians are scared shitless because they're afraid of the funding source of the NRA to do anything about it. And there are dead kids. And I I just, I've had enough. I've had enough. And and I, I hope people listening have had enough too. Because to pass simple measures that most of us agree with shouldn't be considered courageous. It should be considered the decent, common sense thing to do. And and with that, we'll go to the Celtics. But I felt like I had to say this. 19 families today are dealing with unspeakable grief, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for the rest of their lives. They will not be able to tuck in their kids. They will not be able to go to a ball field. They will not be able to send them away to college. They will not get a first dance at a wedding. They will never become grandparents. Because we don't have the fortitude to move forward. And last thing, Mike, people say nothing has changed since Sandy Hook. That's not true. We've gone backwards. It's gone. It's become they easier. Pass laws to make it easier. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We've gone backwards. And for those that say this won't work, Maybe you're right, but we're not even giving it a chance. Background checks or putting age restrictions on who can buy a gun. We don't even give it a chance. And the things that have been proposed, like armed guards at school, well, that failed yesterday. That failed in Buffalo, where the security guard was shot and killed. That failed in Parkland, where the cop hid. They have failed. And we are failing our children, and we are failing people everywhere in this country. We're failing them. Schools are no longer the safest place like they used to be. With that, you know, we can talk about the Celtics. Yeah, we can. well, it's it's a heavy day. It's certainly a heavy day. Um, but the uh, Celtics do have a game tonight that we do want to cover, and I think that I'll, I'll start with my overall thoughts, Jim. How about that? How about sure. I'll, I'll start with our overall thoughts? Um, by the way, I agree with everything Jimmy just said, um, and um, I know prayers without action don't work, but I am a believer in the power of prayer. So I, those who do pray. I just ask that you continue to pray for a better world, um, that we just pray for a better world and a better country. Um, I will say this about the Celtics series. I want to start off with one point that we don't have to talk a lot about today, um, but I hope we get some more entertaining games going forward just for the NBA in general. 
Um, These games seem like, I don't want to say this is happening, but I do think the Heat tapped out in game four. I think they tapped out early, and I think some of them weren't even ready to play, that they were happy to fly back to Miami tied 2-2. I didn't see a real – maybe they're injured. That's definitely a possibility. So, um, I think there's something going on with Jimmy Butler. I do too. And something – He doesn't doesn't tap out. Here's my thing. Neither does Kyle Lowry. I mean, you're talking about – yeah, I think I don't think either guys. Um, uh, PJ Tucker, um, but the, the starting lineup to have 18 points. It's just I, I'm glad, you know, Stephen A. Smith went went on a soapbox. Um, but I will say this, and I, it might be boring. You know, this is what I've been saying since the Milwaukee series. When the Celtics don't turn the ball over, teams can't beat them in the half court, and they're the best team in the NBA. Uh, when the Celtics aren't sloppy with the ball. When the Celtics are strong with the ball, I feel, and, and Rob Williams is out there, I feel like they're impossible to beat. And Marcus Smart wasn't even out there for game four. And the Celtics didn't play well on offense, if we're going to be honest. They played good enough. But the fact is, at the end of the day, the games that they're winning, they're not turning the ball over. And it's not always forced turnovers when they lose. Like game three was a real nightmare. If we go looking back at it, a lot of those were unforced turnovers. So when our guys are locked in and not turning the ball over, they win. So the key to tonight and the key of the rest of the series is be ready to go on offense, be strong with the ball, and you're going to beat Miami. Miami doesn't have the firepower on offense to beat you in the half court. What Miami has is Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero, uh, Jimmy Butler. These guys are really good at beating you uh, off of turnovers and getting up and down and getting it to bam quickly and sets are on the fast break. But if you force them to beat you in the half court, they're just not capable of doing it. And you are good enough to play poor on offense without turning the ball over, meaning to have a bad shooting night and still beat them. So I don't know if that's too simple for you, Jim, but don't turn the ball over and you win. Yeah, so I I think that's accurate. And, uh, you know, Miami plays in a way, you know, I'm sure Miami fans are not thrilled about the – foul discrepancy and the free throw discrepancy, but going back and watch, watching the games, you know, second time, especially game three and game four. Um, and I watched a condensed version, so I didn't sit there. But I think this is a strategy of Miami's is to be extremely physical. Um, you know, there's a lot of two-handed hand checks going on. There's a lot of reaching in the lane. Um, there's a lot of bodying up. Um, and it's almost, um, I, I, and I don't know if they play like this all the time, um, I, I, I am, but I, I, it's almost like uh, Seattle Seahawks in some ways of let's do as many illegal things and put it on the ref to call it on us. And, you know, if they don't, we're going we're gonna to cause some, um, some havoc and some turnovers. And I think it definitely, um, particularly in that first half of game three, um, you know, caused turnovers for the Celtics because they weren't strong enough with the ball and they weren't willing to play through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so they, they, you have to be really strong with the ball and you got to be really cre- careful in traffic against these guys yeah. because they're going to be extremely physical with you. And I, I don't even think they care if they get into the bonus. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they see, you know, they know they need turnovers and, um, you know, they're doing, willing to do whatever it takes to get them. In some ways, I, I got to be honest, I respect the, um, 
strategy. I expect knowing your limitations or, you know, knowing who you are and, and getting after it. Um, and I think that's been a big reason there's been such a discrepancy in the fouls. Um, yeah. You know, Celtics definitely got a good whistle, I thought, at times on um, – and really, a really really good whistle in game four. Yeah, yeah, Monday night. But if you won't go back and watch, I mean, some of these were just two-handed hand checks that they were getting called for, which as a ref, you're trained, you know, one hand, you remove it, fine, two hands, you get a call immediately. Yep. It's just the way it goes. And um I I just uh to me that's interesting. So the Celtics really need to be strong with the ball. Um, during those times because mm-hmm. they're looking to get, get out and run and looking to do those things. Um, and here's where I don't think Miami really checked out of game four. They didn't play well offensively. They were terrible, but they continued to defend. There was a commitment on the defensive side. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like they just folded out there. Um, they just sucked on the offensive side. Like they really sucked. And, um, and the Celtics defense does do that to you. I think it was to the extreme though. I don't think they do all that to you. Miami definitely did some of that themselves. Um, so Miami is not that bad. Celtics are that good defensively. Um, I don't even think the Celtics played their best game in game four. I think they can be better off. Far from, far from. Yeah. 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 Um, but you are right. I, you're talking through three playoff series right now against, um, two really good offenses and Miami uses what it is. It's okay. Um, that when the Celtics get you in the, uh, half court defensively, when they can set up. They 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 do pretty well, you know, and it, and it helps their offense. That's why, like, when I watch this and I see a travel or a step out of bounds or a throwaway out of bounds, I don't, I don't mind. like. I don't, I stop don't mind it at all because oh. I'm like, I'm okay. The Celtics go set up with they're at their strength. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a miss shot is almost worse than a dead ball turnover for the Celtics in a lot of ways because the Heat still have the opportunity to rebound and get out and run. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Heat are even trying to um, get out off makes. I mean, they're trying to run every single possession. And, and I, I think thought Kyle Lowry did a good one. job of the game three. Yeah, and I thought they cleaned it up after that. So I, I just look at this as um, for the Heat to win, they need things to happen. Like they need less fouls to be called on them. They need the Celtics to have turnovers. They need to get have someone, I think, get hot from three. Like they need those things to happen the mm-hmm. celtics don't need those type of things to happen oh, they they just need to play their game and not turn the ball over and not, and not have jason tatum go like two for three yeah, yeah. no like, but you know it's the same thing though like that happened in game three or whatever it was in milwaukee where the celtics lost and tatum scored 10 points he played like crap they were still in the game they still could have and probably should have won. Should have won. Turned the mm-hmm. ball over, you know. If it, mm-hmm. the, the turnovers instead of twenty something is fourteen, yeah. they they probably win that game. And mm-hmm. so, if J, and Jalen Brown, even though he dropped forty seven turnovers, most of them were live, and most of them led to baskets from Miami. Yeah, those. So you hit it. If they don't turn the ball over, they're able to set up their defense. They don't even need great offensive night. And they, they're good enough to win. Um, yeah. I think uh, I, I'll i finish your point. With caveats, so after you talk, with, with two very important caveats. Yeah, so one very important caveat is Robert Williams being on the floor. Bingo. I, yeah. I, I, you know, those 18 minutes he played in game four were 
he just dominated. He dominated the game. You know, he was giving passing lanes for people to have open shots just by his presence on offense. He's finishing at the rim on even alley-oops that are thrown to him that, quite frankly, are not the greatest passes. He's just mm-hmm. he's just finishing them. And then on the defensive end, we don't even have to talk about it because we know what he does and what he takes away. Nobody's open to shoot the ball in Miami. In Miami's just not going to the hoop. Anyway. No, and that's what they were doing. Yeah. Um and so what I am interested to see is Miami played Duncan Robinson a lot down the stretch of that game and he got hot. Um, and, then, and with Tyler Hero coming back, I have a feeling that if Miami's struggling to score the ball in the half court, that they are going to go with the lineup that has Strauss and Robinson and Hero, Butler and Adebayo out there where they play the Celtic zone. Um, to spread the Celtics out, there will be a lot of the defensive deficiencies on Miami, yeah. but it will be a way to get them. Really bad rebounding back. lineup, too. It would be, but yeah. it would also open up a lot for them to get some sort of a rhythm because I just feel like they got guys out there who just can't score. I don't um, think the Celtics would be concerned with that lineup. Yeah. I, 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 I like it. You got to get out in shooters and stuff like that. I think the Celtics are pretty good, but um, having here. Do you think they have to Duncan play Duncan Robinson? I think Robinson. I think if I'm Miami, Robinson's going to play important minutes. Yeah, maybe you hope he gets going at home. Um, mm-hmm. He can't defend like, mm-hmm. at all, and so the Celtics, I, I think, will go right after that, oh. and maybe they go zone. Um, and that's my that's my last point of this game five is um, the Celtics being strong with the basketball because I think Miami will get away with two hand two handed hand checks tonight. I think they will get away with fouls at the basket. Uh, when the Celtics are driving to the hoop. Uh, so it isn't spacing is very important tonight. Uh, spacing the floor, using Rob in the log. And Al's been used as a facilitator. I think on the road tonight, Al's going to have to hit some open threes because of the physicality that Miami's going to be allowed to play with against Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which has traditionally caused the turnovers. So I think that's a big part of tonight is the Celtics responding to the lack of calls. Yeah, I, I don't I, think they're going to get them. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting though, Mike. Like the officials watch the film, and they know how Miami's playing. So you might mm-hmm. be right; they don't get them, but they also might be keyed up before this even goes in. That like you can't, like you can't let guys get away with two-handed hand checks all game long. The one-handed mm-hmm. hand check, maybe you look the other way a little bit, but two hands, and that's what Miami was doing. Yeah. Um, so that, I'd be interested to see on that. My biggest concern outside of turnovers, like you said, and not reacting to when things go negative, whether they be calls or otherwise, um, is uh, is health and then how they stack quarters. They, you know, that's it hasn't been just the first quarter or third. It's been at the beginning of quarters where this team has had their issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far it's been the first and third, uh, um, in the games they've lost. And I thought even the third of uh, Monday's game wasn't great. They need to come out with a level of force and focus to stock quarters, to not let these guys get any wind at their back or any confidence going, uh, you lose a three point shooter. You, your focus just needs to be there. And I, I feel like at the start of quarters, um, it, at times have been really missing. Well, yeah, I mean, 
all of game three. It was basically missing right till the end of the game when Grant Williams threw the ball away under his own hope. Um, yeah, they, that, <laughs> I mean, that is their tragic flaw. If they don't win the NBA finals this year, it's themselves. So let's hope that doesn't happen and they get their shit together. Oh yeah. No, there's still an age and maturity issue here. Oh yeah. And we forget yeah. how young this team is outside of Al Horford. It's a very, very young basketball team. Um, if you look at the team they're playing right now and their starting lineup, you got veterans of Lowry, uh, Butler, and out, out of Bayou, PJ Tucker. That's okay. a lot of NBA experience and big yep. game experience. Celtics have big game experience, but they're young. This is a, still a young, young basketball team. Yeah, and they haven't, the Celtics haven't gotten over that Eastern Conference hump yet. So uh, this is the year, right? This is the year. So yeah, I hope uh, so. <laughs> um, I, I I believe this is the year. I, I would be stunned if Miami beats us. I'd be stunned. Um, so to the listeners, really enjoy the game tonight. Uh, hopefully everybody's healthy. I know that uh, Ime said today that it looks like Rob and uh, Smart possibly both could play, that they're both questionable. They'll see how they're doing a shoot around. Miami, instantly and interestingly enough, didn't even have a shoot around today. And their injury list is really long. So yeah. I don't know what's going on over in Miami, but it um, doesn't make for great basketball to not have these guys healthy and not on the floor. I will say that. Well, here's my thought, too. I, I actually I do think they're going to win, but I'm not 100% there on that tonight. But I do think so. But if they do win, this thing is over in six. It's over yeah. in six. Um, I think they'll come back to the garden. I think you'll have a fired up host and I, on a Friday night, and I think this thing gets closed down quickly. Can I further that point? Um, if they win tonight, it doesn't matter if they lose game six because Miami can't beat them two games in a row, in my opinion. I, I, it's over if the Celtics win tonight. If they lose tonight, they've made things extremely difficult on themselves. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 But I do. I think out of the two teams, the Celtics are the team that could win two games in a row. So, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. No, the, the better yeah. basketball. Like They are. Uh... That was my point with Miami needs X, Y, and Z to happen. Uh The Celtics just shouldn't beat themselves, um, and they'll be okay. And that doesn't mean Miami doesn't have a great game and you you don't really turn the ball over and still lose. I mean, it's it's basketball. It's the NBA. Those things happen. Um, That's why you don't want to get into a game seven because with, you know, stuff like that happens. Right. Um, Jimmy Butler in a game seven. Yeah, yeah you, you could have five turnovers and lose and, and, and scratching your head how. You know, I mean, sometimes weird stuff like that happens. But for the most part, nine out of ten times, the Celtics play their game. They, they beat a team like the Heat. And, you know, the blowouts, to your point to start, just on the Celtics side, when they've been healthy, when Rob's been healthy, They've been blowing people out for a long time. They, they just really haven't been healthy in these playoffs. So it, it's it seems unusual, but it, it hasn't been, I guess. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's go see you tonight, and uh, we'll see you on the next pod, people. Yeah, and I apologize to everyone who didn't just skip over, go to the, you know, it's too late now. You already listened. But if you didn't want to hear that at the beginning, it is what it is, I guess. Take care, yeah. everyone. Bye. See you.